Luke chapter number two. We're going to read the first verse. Well, actually, the first seven verses says this. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Let's pray really quick, and we'll jump into this. Dearly Father, God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for these young people once again, Lord. I thank you for the fun we can have together, Lord, just fellowshipping, Lord, around singing and all those things. But, Lord, as we come to your word, God, would you open open our hearts to receive something from you this morning. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look through Luke chapter 2, I know we know the Christmas story, and that's why sometimes I don't even, like, when you go into, when you've been raised in church and you know the Christmas story, and you can pretty much recite it because you've heard it in, like, every program since you were, like, five years old. Sometimes like, I look at these passages and I'm like, ah, I really don't want to teach from the Christmas story. I want to keep going with what I'm going because everybody knows the Christmas story. But this morning, I wanted to just show you three things that I believe that are counterculture, that go against our whole culture of Christmas, that what Christmas is all about. I know we always say he's the reason for the season and we have all those nice little sayings about Jesus Christ being the main thing in Christmas, and he is. So from this, this seven verses is what we build in some over Matthew and a couple of Isaiah. But from these seven verses, we build a whole holiday around. And it's funny because most of the things that our holiday is characterized by are not found anywhere in this passage, are not found anywhere in the things that we do. So I want three things to tell you that I want you to implement in your Christmas somehow so that you can figure out how to make sure your Christmas is Christ-centered. Number one. First observation I make from the passage is your busyness, your priorities, if they're not properly placed, will always push Christ out. It's not condensed. It's not anything but your priorities, the things that you want, if you are not specifically trying to make Jesus Christ the center of Christmas, he will not be. We know the story. Mary and Joseph are going to be taxed. They go from place to place, trying to find a place to stay. And you would think that Mary, being nine months pregnant, they would think, well, we better get her a place to stay over somebody else. Even if it wasn't for Jesus, even if you knew, didn't think he was the Messiah at all. I know, because my, we've had two children, that when your wife's nine months pregnant, if it's somebody else's wife that's nine months pregnant, you make everything possible for a nine-month pregnant lady. Just move out of the way and just open whatever door, let them through, whatever happens. Hey, if they need a room, hey, you get out. Whatever, for a nine-month pregnant lady, you just go ahead and get out of the way. Brother Rob agrees. He's nodding his head. And when you have a nine-month-old baby, I mean, nine-month-old lady about to be, nine-month-old lady, (laughs) a nine-month-old woman who's about, never mind. (laughs) When you have a lady who's pregnant and is about to have a baby, very imminently, when you have that, you make those things priorities and when we look at everybody trying to go and and get taxed and all these things going around the hustle and bustle of Bethlehem at that time you see that it's the same thing in our culture it's hilarious that if you look at Christmas and what Christmas really is you do not find it anywhere in American culture Black Friday 
you see people smashed all up on each other trying to get in the door of Walmart. I mean, well, trying to get to a $5 DVD that's like, okay, really big deal. And we, we go through all these things. And even in our own mind, you say, I didn't go shopping Black Friday. I stayed in bed. Amen. And so all the things that we do in our lives, pretty much going up to Christmas, are busy. You know it in your own family. It's like we got this Christmas party to go to over here. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be traveling out of town here. And if we're not careful, we'll sing Christmas carols. We'll do all the things at Christmas with Christ never mind. You know how easy it is to sing a Christmas carol? Never even think about what it means. You go to you go to a bar in the next month, you will hear Joy to the World playing in a bar. Joy to the Lord, the world is the I mean joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And you'll see drunk people singing it. Let every heart prepare him room and having a great time. But they've missed the whole thing. You go into the mall. People are trying to kill people over a sale. Silent night. Oh, because that is what happens. If we're not careful, just like the people of Bethlehem, all Christmas will be is a time where we give to each other gifts and we hustle around and do all these things and we miss the whole thing of it. And I know that sometimes we talk about it and, and, and Eric, well, we got to keep Jesus the reason for the season. But it is true. How many of us will turn on our radio and hear Christmas music playing and it's just because it gives us some kind of feeling that is special? Now, there's nothing wrong with getting caught up in the Christmas spirit. I like, I enjoy the Christmas spirit. Not quite as much as my wife does, but I'm trying to. And I enjoy Christmas. But I'm just saying we have to, number one, make the priority. Because the sad thing is, in most of our lives, it would be the same case for Jesus today if he came here during Christmas time. No one would have time. Well, Jesus, I wouldn't have time, but we're going out of town for Christmas. For Christmas. Oh, I would have time, but I've got so much going on because we've got to get stuff ready because we're going to go do this. Number one, make sure your priorities or they should be on Christ. Number two. As we look through the passage, the second observation that I make is that when you look at verse number seven, he brought for, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for the, him in the end. The second observation I make, and also from John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning of the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Christmas is about God giving, never receiving i remember growing up i did not live in the internet age in fact when we grew up i didn't even really have my own computer till i was in college and i got married and i bought it myself we had a, a computer at home that was like so slow that i was like i hated computers i was like this is ridiculous this is what a computer is like i was one of those out the window too but then i found out that there are real computers that actually work when you click the mouse button and actually can do things and so i was like oh man i, I really like this but when we were growing up, I remember we used to get the Sears wish list catalog. And it was like a huge catalog, and all it had was pretty much toys and a small section of clothes. But most of the things what young people wanted. Video games had a whole, like, video game section and everything like that. And I remember that was the cue for us as young people, as uh, kids. And my grandma would get it, and we'd go to her house. She would say, go to the wish list, to the wish book, and mark a star by everything you want and write your name by it. I mean, that was like heaven time. You just went through there, and even if you knew there was no chance, star, just in case, granny, 
And I call my grandma Granny, so I'm not being disrespectful. I do call her Granny. And so we're just like, just in case. I know it's $1,000, but just in case you come into some money, this is what I want. And Christmas was, that was how we knew Christmas season started, was because the Sears wish book came to Granny's house, and we were all going to go over and mark it. And you see all over the pages, all the cousins marked all their all the things where we, what we wanted. And that is sometimes what our goal is. I can imagine, and I'm, I'm in the same category, there is right now something that you are hoping to get gifted for Christmas. But when we look in these seven verses and we look over in John chapter 1, Christ was all about giving and it was never about receiving. You look at the whole life of Christ. Number one, being willing to be made flesh. If right now you had to give up every single luxury you had and move to a third world country, no running water, no indoor plumbing, no electricity. And right now you had to make the choice to go and live there. I can tell you that for me, I'm like, that's not where I want to go. You mean I can't charge my iPad? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's not something that I look at and I'm saying I want to do. But you look at God Almighty coming from heaven's throne to be as he formed man out of the dust of the earth. That God Almighty would be willing to become dust and to walk around with us. That God would be willing to come as a baby. God Almighty, like my wife said on her testimony on Thanksgiving that I had, had not really thought, that God Almighty was willing to be a baby and be helpless right before everyone. That he'd be willing to lay there when he has all the power in the world as a three, four, five-month-old baby and let somebody else take care of him. That God would be willing to be a teenager. And no lie, the Bible says that Jesus never did any sin. He never did anything wrong. So can you imagine Jesus hanging out with young people? Just imagine him going to school, at your school. And Jesus saying, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And having all the people look down on him. He's God Almighty. Can you imagine God Almighty just walking in and people making fun of him, making a lot of Yeah, yeah, exactly, because when they talk about that in the Gospels. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, all that, that comparison made all the time. Why don't you be more like Jesus? Why don't you act like Jesus does? Jesus wouldn't do that. <laughs> what would Jesus do? No. But, but, but when we look at all the things that Jesus gave so that he could come to us, we know he gave his life, and we should know that, and that should ring out in our minds. But to think that everything about Christmas is giving. And a lot of times in our minds, everything about Christmas is receiving. We got a box. We got two boxes that we ordered for things for our family. One's an Xbox. And I know the Xbox is under the tree, and I even joke with my wife, you know what, we're not going to be here for Christmas, we might as well open it now. Just go ahead and get some use out of it now. Why? Because Aaron Burden is into receiving. If we're honest, we're all into receiving. But when we look at Christmas from the Bible, look at God Almighty, there is no receiving. It's all giving. You read through the life of Christ and see how many people gave something to Jesus. You'll have the, the, one, the boy who gave the thought for the feeding of the 5,000. You'll have Mary who poured the, um, 
the spike nerd on his head. You'll have the leper that gave him things. But outside of that, that I could think of, there is nobody else in the whole life of Jesus Christ. Well, maybe outside of his parents and the wise men, I'm sorry. But outside of that, in his earthly ministry, there was nobody who gave him anything. When followers came to follow Jesus, Jesus said, hey, foxes have holes, birds have nests. But the son of man hath no place to lay his head. And so we look at Christmas, looking at it through the eyes of Christ. It's always about giving and never receiving. So third thing that we I make observation once again, verse number seven, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Last observation is that Christmas is not a glamorous time, but it is a glorious time. We look at Christmas the way we think it. If you even watch the cartoons and the TV shows, you think that you would think that you kind of have like this like warm feeling as you're sitting inside of a barn. And yeah, we know it's a barn, but as the lights come in, shining on just the baby Jesus laying there in a nice hay-filled manger, nice smiling little baby, kicking that looks like he's five years old and he just came out. And we look at, you look at these, you look at these things and how we perceive Christmas, but when you think about it, Christmas is not a glamorous thing. There was no fan blowing Mary's hair back as she was feeding baby Jesus. And like just looking at this beautiful time where everything's just happening so wonderfully. There were animals. Probably like walking all around. Using the bathroom and doing everything else animals do. As God Almighty comes to earth to be born. There's probably not some nice little fire to where they're in a barn where animals are keeping their keep food. They're probably not like some nice little campfire nicely done. And the shepherds are coming by. Oh, this is so great. The Bible says that probably that if the shepherds hadn't been told by God where he was, they wouldn't have even known that God Almighty was there. And we look at it. Sometimes we do make Christmas this glamorous thing. But to be perfectly honest, it was God Almighty coming down in the lowest form to save you and me. There's an old saying. It says there are many kings, I mean, there are many men who would make themselves a king. But only one king that would make himself a man. There's a lot of people, everybody wants to go up. (laughs) If I could get here, if I could do this. But only God Almighty would say, you know what? I love this world so much that I'll come. I won't be born in a castle, won't be born in anything great, a rich person's home in a mansion, not even a hospital. I'm going to be born and wrapped up in what they wipe horses down when they're sweaty and be placed in where the horses eat and the animals eat out of. And they're going to put me in there, and that's my crib. You know what? My family's not rich in any stream, but you know what? My son has never had to go into and be put into a trough where animals get out of to lay in sleep. But when we look at it, we see that, you know what? Christmas is not a glamorous thing. We watch on TV, we see all the shows, and we think, oh, this it's almost like the cross. When you see people, Jesus on the cross portrayed everywhere else, where it's like this, this guy who's just hanging there with a couple drops of blood running down him, and he has like a ripped six-pack, and he just lay on the cross. That's not how it was. The Bible says they 
tore him to, they didn't even know, recognize he was a human being. And sometimes if we're not careful, we look at the Bible and we do glamorize things. Oh man, this is a glory. This is a great thing. And it wasn't glamorous, but it was glorious. It was awesome that God Almighty would become something for us, who would walk among us, who would become flesh, who was willing to say, hey, I'm willing as God Almighty to go through the same thing you, you go through. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just as we are yet without sin. It's a glorious thing that God Almighty said, I'll come and walk the same place you walk. Same temptation that you feel, that you think, hey, I'm the only one who's ever gone through this. God Almighty said, I'll come and I'll walk that just to make sure I know what you're going through. And you know what? I went through it without sin. Hey, when we look at that, it's not a glamorous thing, but it is a glorious thing that God would do something in our lives. So as we look through Christmas season, number one, I'm asking you, make sure Christ is a priority. If you sing a Christmas carol, if you sing something about Christ, don't get wrapped up so much in Santa Claus. That you forget that Jesus is the reason. Second thing I'm asking you is to make sure that the things that you do, make sure those point to Christ. It's not about receiving. It's about giving. And then just remember, Christmas is a glorious thing. It's awesome that Jesus Christ became a man to save people like us. So let's keep that in mind as we go through the Christmas season. Let's pray. Dearly Father, God, we do thank you so much for your love. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, just the simple things, Lord, that you show us in the Christmas story. God, sometimes we do get caught up in what we would call the spirit of the season. But God, I ask you to help us never to lose the focus, Lord, of what you've done in our lives. And Lord, what you came to earth to do for us and through us, Lord. We love you. Be with our service this morning again. We pray for Brother Seth. Lord, we ask that you would please help and be with us as a congregation. God, would you give us wisdom. Thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.